It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Welcome in here to another edition of Long Tossin' on this 18th day of June. We are live from Nationals Park on a beautiful Father's Day. Steven Strom here with Kyle Seeloff and Kelly Sacco. It's been an unbelievable turnaround after Seattle for the Marlins. They have an opportunity to finish this road trip at 6-3 and three and sweep the uh, Nationals for the second time this season. Hello, everyone. Good morning. How are we all doing today? Good morning. Good. Happy doing Father's well. Day to me. Happy Father. <laughs> he he's a cat dad. Yeah, make this that very counts, clear. right? Yep. Just, Absolutely. But just for everybody out there who's like, wait, what? That's <laughs> like uh, remember when Nelly was on the podcast <laughs> last oh. month, and um, who were we playing? Uh, who? Uh, there was a couple of the guys of the last name of Nelson. Oh, right? uh, the um, the uh, the Diamondbacks. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The and uh, the kid came into the game and he kind of looked like Nelly and he kind of set up like <laughs> Nelly. <laughs> Nelly was like. Um, well, I've got some questions, but pretty sure I just have three girls. It was really nice. We all texted the group oh, chat goodness. this morning. I was like, I have Father's Day pins for everyone. And then, of course, someone appropriately said, Happy Father's Day to everyone. Me. I probably did that. Thank you very much. And everyone replied, Thank you, blah, blah, blah. Anyway. Kyle included. We, um, mm-hmm. we have a bunch to get into today. Of course, it is Father's Day. We have some stories to share with everyone because there's a, a specific connection, I think, with baseball and fathers. And I think we all have some memories that we want to share. But we have to start here with the Marlins because it has been quite the turnaround after taking two out of three against Chicago White Sox. I think we all kind of uh, felt like it was a lucky two out of three uh, at a time and moment. Go to Seattle. Crazy first uh, two games in the sense that the Marlins really couldn't get anything going. They have this unbelievable win on Wednesday night. We have the off day Thursday, and now they have just really been very businesslike against the Washington Nationals. And particularly yesterday, I think we need to talk a little bit about Braxton Garrett, um, someone that started as a long man and got sent down, brought back up. I mean, it's been quite the ride for Braxton Garrett. I'll let whoever wants to go here speak, but it's been an unbelievable season for Brax so far in 2023. I think just watching the way that he's he's grown and he's developed over the course of the last couple years, there was a turning point last season that I remember where something just kind of clicked for Braxton, and he just went on this stretch, and he was doing so well, and he has even improved since then. And, and from speaking to him a couple days ago, he said the thing that he feels like has really taken him to another level this season is being able to use – he's got – a gazillion pitches. I can't even count how many yeah. pitches he has. Developed the cutter, which is very difficult to do. But being able to use his pitches on both sides of the plate. So where to start last season, he was only able to use certain pitches to a right-handed batter, certain pitches to a left-handed batter. And this year, he's able to stay out of patterns and stay a little bit more unpredictable, which is something that's really elevated his game. So, And you mentioned, Steven, too, just starting in the bullpen – Getting, oh, getting sent down, starting in the bullpen, getting moved around, asking to move over to that starting role. One, it just goes to show you the type of person that he is yep. to be able to take all that on with a positive attitude and not let it affect him. 
the cutter's been unbelievable, Kyle. I think just the fact that he's developed this middle of the season. Yeah. I mean, have you seen anything like that before? I think it's extremely rare, as per Skip has said. Yeah, I mean, I think it's rare. I think guys will try to manipulate pitches throughout the course of a season if something's not working. A lot of guys have an ability to change things on the fly. I would go back to what Kelly's talking about a little bit, you know, and you guys mentioned he starts the season. Um getting option I would not have blamed Braxton Garrett if he was extremely pissed off this spring because he deserved an opportunity to be in this rotation and he has handled everything in stride he has made just one appearance obviously and then once Cueto gets hurt Braxton Garrett inserts himself into this rotation Jesus Lazardo is going today and for a while I said that he was the most steady force in the rotation I do not agree with that any longer. I think Braxton Garrett has been the best starting pitcher for the Miami Marlins this season. Mm. I think Jesus Lazardo has found himself on shaky ground recently. I still think he's done a very nice job. But to me, the way that Braxton Garrett has handled the situation this season, he has handled it like a consummate professional, and he deserves every bit of success that he's had. He is an unbelievable guy to be around. He's an absolute delight to chat with. And he, to me, has been the best Marlin starting pitcher this season. He has been better than Sandy Alcantara. He has been better uh, than uh, Edward. And obviously that's an entirely different situation, which probably warrants having a conversation about. Yeah. Yuri's been terrific. You know, he's so green and he's been, he's really been great, but he has not made as many starts as Braxton has. Um and I think he's been better than Jesus Lazardo. To me, Braxton Garrett has been the best starting pitcher for the Miami Marlins this season. And, uh, you know, I know we say this what feels like every day, but if you would have told me that the Marlins would be 40-31 and 31 on June 18th, Sandy Alcantara's having a bad year, Lazardo's been a little bit shaky, they would rely on Braxton Garrett and Yuri Perez to settle the ship down and get it out of kind of some rough waters, yep. and along with Edward Cabrera, I probably would have told you you're nuts, but that's not <laughs> the case, and Braxton Garrett deserves a ton of credit for the success that he's had this season because, again, he could have been very angry coming out of spring training, getting optioned to AAA. He did not deserve that, but it was the situation that presented itself, and it was the right move for the ball club at the time, and that did not mean that Braxton Garrett had to agree with it. He did what he had to do. He found himself in the big leagues rather quickly, and he has been the best starting pitcher for the Miami Marlins this season. I want to get into a couple of things as well, Kyle. I think you hit it on the head, both of you, about Braxton Garrett, because you mentioned Edward Cabrera. I want to talk about some of the scenarios the Marlins might get into, specifically going back to Miami uh, when they face off against the Toronto Blue Jays and Pittsburgh Pirates, but I have a group question here because we talk about the 40 wins. We talk about the – is it 18 now, one-run wins, or is it 19? 18. I think it's 18, 18. at this point. Yep. We got insurance run last night. It's not just we need a rise to get five hits for the Marlins to win or Jorge Soler. Like, the fact that they are winning in multiple ways, they have a blueprint to win, but it's every night someone seems to step up. What's the hope here in winning in that way – this season, I guess, is how I would pose this question to both of you. Did you want to go, Kelly? Sure. Um, I would say that's what winning teams do. You can't rely on just two players, three players all season long because it is a very long season. There's 162 games. A lot can happen over the course of six months, whether it's injuries, whether it's slumps, or it's going to happen. And if you're constantly relying on three guys 
you're not going to win ball games. So I think it's a matter of depth. Depth is what wins because guys are going to go down. Skip said it yesterday. He goes, very rarely do you get through an entire season with five starters. You need seven, eight, nine starters a yep. season because people get injured. People get called up who are going to be on pitch counts and who are young. You can't rely on just five guys coming out of spring training and just say, all right, we've got this lucky horseshoe we found and everyone's <laughs> going to be healthy and it's going to be rainbows and butterflies and everyone's going to have a wonderful season. That's just not how it works. Yeah. So I think that the recipe for winning and success is depth. And that seems to be what the Marlins have put together. It's a next man up mentality. When some guys are struggling, other guys step up. That's Kyle. why they've been winning. I, I agree with Kelly to an extent. I think the one thing that the Marlins have done an incredible job of this season is there's somebody new every single night that helps them win a ball game, which is terrific. That's what winning teams do. You look up and down World Series teams over the years, you'd start looking at guys, you'd be like, who was that? And you look at what they did that year. Oh, they got three game-winning hits. Oh, he came off the bench in the eighth inning. You know, the Marlins have found a way to get a big hit every single night. They don't score a ton of runs. They pitch well enough. The bullpen has been incredible. Skip has pressed every right button. And they have found a way to win every night. Now, the Marlins do have depth. I am now concerned about what they do with the starting rotation Great moving segue. forward. Yes, let's get into it. Because without Edward Cabrera, this, this rotation has been very, very fortunate with good health this season. They have not missed Johnny Cueto, and they have not missed Trevor Rogers. This rotation was, will now miss Edward Cabrera because where do the Marlins turn? They are about to take a step up in weight class. And I'm just being you know, transparent and giving my honest opinion on the situation. You know, the, who, who do the Marlins turn to tomorrow against the Blue Jays? That's a fair question. There is no obvious starting pitcher in the minor leagues. I saw yesterday that Devin Smeltzer was pulled from his start. Was it for AAA Jacksonville? Yes. Okay. Maybe that's a guy. But can you trust Devin Smeltzer every fifth day as you now take a step up in weight class to give you an opportunity to win? He's I think been the very... other option, though, is the opener with Brian Hoeing. Okay, you... that, and that's fair. But let's say Brian Hoeing starts tomorrow. Can you continue to utilize an opener every fifth day to keep the train moving in the right direction? Because when you are not, and hopefully it's a very limited stay for Edward Cabrera on the IL, if it is, they're going to be in better shape. If they're not, and you utilize an opener, and that does not go well, and then you go to a long man, you start to blow up your bullpen, and it becomes a very, very tricky situation. So I am personally concerned about the Marlins' starting rotation depth. If they get Edward Cabrera back in two weeks, Johnny Cueto back in seven to ten days, and Trevor Rogers comes back in a month, I no longer have that concern. But as the Marlins do go back home and they start a pretty tough schedule here, I am concerned about the starting depth and the rotation. And you make a good point, too, because remember that the starters, though they've been better, they haven't gone deep into games, Correct. especially to start the seasons, too. So as wonderful as the bullpen has been, and I think that they just deserve all the credit in the entire world, especially from how good that they've been for, for this amount of time, too, and they just seem to just always step up and you can count on them, you don't want to exhaust them. They've already been exhausted to the point where early, early on in the season, they've had to use them a lot with these short starts. So it's not sustainable. I agree with Kyle there. So you got to hope that a Cueto or someone else, or it's a short stay 
for a Cabrera or Cueto comes up, y you need someone else to come up here. I mean, we're 71 games into this season, and there's three Marlins that have gone 30-plus appearances from the bullpen. Yeah. Floro, Puck, or I'm sorry, Floro, Tanner, Scott, and Nardi. Mid-June, nine games over 500. This team's got something, you know. They deserve the right they to continue right. Correct. to have an opportunity to win every single night. Kelly, do you have anything to add to this conversation, or would we like to move to the next topic? Just uh, to put a bow on it, I have to echo what you said here. I think that this road trip was a big test. I think this road trip was a big test, and the fact that they have the chance right now to leave a road trip 6-3, and three, they faced a good White Sox team. They faced a good Mariners team. And to be able to come out of the first part of the series, the first part of this road trip, three and three, and now coming here and taking care of business against Washington. Remember that cross-country road trip? That was brutal. Brutal. That was brutal. exhausting. This is the end of a very long trip. And these guys could very easily have laid down and said, oh, we're too tired. We don't care if we win this. That. That's not what they do. They win and they fight every single day. And they have the chance to sweep the Nationals for the second time this season and leave 6-3. and three. They 100% deserve the right to, to go for it. They're it, doing great. One other thing. I think this road trip to Kelly, she makes a fantastic yeah, she point. Yes, I was just about to say the same thing. That the Marlins have proven that they are contenders and not pretenders. In that can they're you not, say that in mid-June? Yes, I can. Because they have now proven to me that they're not just going to eat up on the Nationals, the Oakland A's, and the Kansas City Royals and roll over against everybody else. They have hung with the Atlanta Braves this season within reason. I think they've shown that they can play with them and other good teams. We went to Anaheim and beat Trout and Otani and swept them. This team has proven that they're not a joke and that they will play with anybody on any given night. And, you know, I agree with Kelly that this 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 road trip was a very nice test that, you know what, that they're not just going to pretend, that they can beat anybody, and I, I hope that continues. I really do. I agree with Kelly. I don't agree with you as far as competing with the Atlanta Braves. We have gotten beat by them at home, swept out of Miami, yes. and then, you know, We've gotten it handed to us a couple of times going they to Atlanta They did show some well. guts there on that Thursday after the rain delay to come back late. I, I, I understand. Look, the, the, the Marlins right now are not in the same weight class as the Atlanta Braves. I'm simply Can suggesting they? Yeah, yeah, that they, they, I, I, I really feel strongly about their ability to play with them because the Marlins have shortened games. They play six or seven inning games because the bullpen has been so good. They find a way to get timely hitting. Now, the Marlins offense does not stack up anywhere near what the Atlanta Braves are putting out right now. I'm also very excited in two weeks to go there. Absolutely. That's going to be fun. It's going to be a very fun if the Marlins, It's a different ball game right now. Yep. If there are five to ten games over 500 in two weeks and we go to Atlanta for a three-game weekend series, that to me is going to be another litmus test and a marker in the season. Let's see where we're at because you're playing the best and hottest team in baseball. Three city trip, three different time zones, and Skip had talked about the first two games being in Seattle and just feeling like it was a little bit sluggish, a little lethargic. And I think the fact that they can go back, like Kelly said, 6-3 and three back to the 305 uh, is really, really impressive. So I think there's some good Marlins talk. I want to transition here into Father's Day because I had quite the weekend. I'll tell the story, but I, I – uh, my father came up to D.C., or came down, rather, from New Jersey. It was a heck of a weekend. Came to the ballpark on, um, what was it, Saturday? Was it Saturday Friday? or Friday? Friday. Friday. All the days All mixed. the days are mixed up. This is what? Is this day 11 now on I this trip? I can't count that high. My goodness. Um, <laughs> Too it, many days. It was so nice to be able to share with him what my life is at this point and to 
have him meet you two. You two were great. And to meet Nelly, I mean, even Nelly came down to um, have a couple of drinks with us and just chit-chat. It was such a special, special weekend for me. There's something about fatherhood and taking your daughter or son to a baseball game. I would love to hear uh, both of your stories. Um, whoever would like to start can start. Kyle, go ahead. Uh, okay, I did call my dad this morning. He was outside with the dogs. Uh, he had to stain the pool deck today. He was power washing and staining the pool deck, so didn't have a whole lot of time. Now, my sister and I, over the years, we just kind of do the joint gifts for Mother's Day and Father's Day, and we're generally four to six weeks tardy on those gifts, but I did speak with my sister this morning, uh, who's expecting in September, which um, probably made my father emotional for the first time in, like, forever when... My sister broke that news to them. Uh, but I would agree with you. I have some terrific memories with my dad going to Mets games growing up, actually. He always coached my T-ball in high school and, you know, or not high school, he, uh, but maybe summer teams or whatever in yeah. middle school. Um, I was always very contentious because I would always be so angry and he'd tell me to get over it. But um, <laughs> I, I, Kyle had emotions. Right? Does it? No. Uh, I know, mean, I anger, I could see that. He would always take me because I, I raced cars when I was younger, so every Friday night we'd put the – Put the quarter midget in the back of the car. We'd go up to the Syracuse Fairgrounds, and I would race. He would take me to all my baseball games, uh, lacrosse, hockey, all that good stuff. Any and specific memory from a Met game that you can remember, you know, uh, a David Wright, whatever? Yes, give me something. I do remember one specific game. It had to have been <sighs> – Kyle's going to give you the date, the amount of hits the Mets no, had. No, no, I'm not going to remember the day exactly. Uh, now, we were always in the cheap seats in the upper tank. Ain't nothing wrong with that. I did go with my dad and my grandfather to closing day at Chase Stadium in 2007. Wow. And then I had an opportunity uh, to go to opening day at City Field in 2009. I vividly remember one game, and must have been two th the summer of 2007 or 2008, um, against the Colorado Rockies. Jose Reyes hit a fly ball to left field. The left fielder dropped it. And I thought the stadium was going to crumble. But I think to your point, you know, we don't, it's not, you know, Mets talk, but, you know, I think to the larger point, baseball brings families together. That's yep. what connected my family when I was younger. And I would always call my grandfather after every single Mets game growing up. And I would get the newspaper, and my father and I would pick it apart every single morning. And I'd be so angry when they lost. And when I would win, you know, when they would win. I was on top of the world. So, but yeah, baseball is a way to bring fans, uh, families together, in particular fathers and sons. It's very good. Kelly? I have to echo that. And in, in, in our case, uh, fathers and daughters. Uh, so many memories. I don't even know where to start. Okay, I've got, I've got some visuals for people, too. So if they like to, to jump on the Instagram, I think it's at Kelly Sacco, maybe underscore sports. I've always put up the same picture, and it's somewhere buried in my post as well. But right now it's up in my story. And uh, the first picture... It's of me and my dad. I was on the Phillies. I think I must have been like the third grade. <laughs> I must have been like the third grade. And my dad, it was it was picture day, and my dad was one of the coaches, and he's not wearing a hat. And it's one of the memories that we all love to look back on and laugh because we had this angel of a yellow lab. His name was Rusty. And that dog did no wrong until picture day where he ate my dad's hat apparently it was a marlins fan he's like take this off i don't like this hat he ate the hat he ate the hat he ripped that hat to absolute shreds and it happened to be on picture day so we have this picture and i don't have the team picture up but it's a picture of me and my dad and he's the only one without a hat because the dog the dog <laughs> ate the hat 
So that's a memory we always we always giggle. But my dad was always the guy who you know we bonded over over softball. We did, and he was he was my catcher when I started pitching, and I was so incredibly embarrassed because he would he would wear the shin guards and the face mask, <laughs> and this had nothing to do with my father's skills at baseball, but everything to do with the fact that I could hit anything but the mitt when I first started. I mean, it was, I was terrible. So dad, I don't blame you looking back, especially since I've coached and had to catch for some girls as they've started their careers as well. So I completely understand. And I would do the same thing now, but I'd always be so incredibly embarrassed in that process. But he, he would catch for me. And I used to, he so always make me mad because I'd throw a little harder. <laughs> and uh, one memory uh, that I always loved too was on the way to high school before I started driving, he would drive me to all my games and we would listen me and my dad's not a big movie guy but he likes like the big really good movies so yeah. we loved Pirates of the Caribbean and that first Pirates of the Caribbean had come out I must have been like middle school or, or high school something like that and we loved the soundtrack he loves soundtracks to movies, movies. so we so would do I. Yeah. we would listen to the soundtrack like Pirates of the Caribbean and or whatever that song cinematic track yeah it's like dun 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 I'm like all the way here to comes the Kelly to the mound I would not want to face you oh no nobody not many people and did. Kelly I gotta ask you what kind of product did he use for his hair look at the the flow of hair he right has. oh my, my goodness. dad has good hair game. Good My hair game. The, the guys in the bullpen would be would be happy about that. Good hair game. So, and then he would always give me sour skittles uh, before games. That became like sour <laughs> skittles healthy. were like a thing. <laughs> We didn't really do health food. Yeah. And my, it's actually the health food was like a joke because of all the junk food I ate growing up. But sour Skittles before every single game, my dad would get me sour Skittles. So, to the point where he started doing every now and again before like broadcast, he would bring me some sour That's Skittles. So cute. Yeah. Every now and again. So we got to we, we we get him up. Uh, yeah, I get, well, you're on the. You're on the field doing TV, but we'd love to meet him eventually. What's his oh, name? Fun. Mike. Mike. Mike Sacco. Mike Sacco, Peter Seeloff, Stephen Strom. Happy something like that. Father's yeah. Day. I would be remiss to not give you this quick, quick story here. 2009, my dad came to me and said, we're going to go to Minnesota. The Vikings are playing the Packers. Return of Brett Favre. That but might also, not have gone well. But also, <laughs> no, that went really well. We beat the Did Packers. Did you really? On Monday night at the Metrodome. Yes, wow. it was the loudest still to this day, loudest um, event, sporting event I've ever been at. So we went to Minnesota. We flew in Thursday night and at that point the Twins were seven games or six games back at the Detroit Tigers they needed some miracle to happen in 2009 anyway we went to the Thursday night game Twins won we went to the Friday night game which is the memory that I'll always have uh, it was Zach Granke versus Joe Maurer it was like the bottom of the seventh Maurer had a runner on second and it was a 3-2 count it was just one of those double digit pitch counts um and Maurer laced a single to drive in, like, the game-winning run. Who, Torrey Hunter? Did uh, he score I forget Hunter? who it was. Maybe Denard Span. I'm not sure. but Denard Span, former national. Yeah, former national. But um, I just remember that weekend vividly, and the Twins had come all the way back to beat the Tigers in that 162 game or that 163 game in the playoffs, and um, it's one of those memories you'll just I never, that. never forget being at that game. So um, very cool. We all have these – experiences with our dads we're very lucky and um happy father's day happy again. father's happy day father's thank day you for joining everyone. us everybody okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can conquer it 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.